you someone who has a lot to contribute in your relationships at work and beyond, yet have wondered why you felt emotions more deeply than others seem to? Such as when Sam in accounting mocked a colleague's outfit, and even though the comment wasn't directed at you, you felt hurt. That's just one example of being a highly sensitive person. And my next guest, Heather Dominic, founder of businessmiracles.com, helps unravel some of the confusion around this condition from her own journey, as well as from her experience with working with thousands of highly sensitive entrepreneurs. If you relate to being a highly sensitive person to one degree or another, you will realize you're not alone and perhaps learn some better ways of dealing with the overwhelm so you can thrive. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, this is Bill Ringel, host of My Quest for the Best, where ambitious small business leaders discover strategies and tactics to unlock their growth potential. Joining me today is Heather Dominic Kosminski. She's a graduate of NYU where she received her first, first coach training. Heather's the winner of the 2015 Best of Manhattan Coaching Award and creator of the 2014 Stevie Award um, virtual event, A Course in Business Miracles, a 21-day discovery series that attracted close to 6,000 registrants from all over the world. She's appeared on Lifetime Television and has been published in numerous books, including Stepping Stones to Success with Deepak Chopra. Heather's also the founder and leader of the highly sensitive entrepreneur movement and is New York City-based. Welcome, Heather. Thank you so much. I am so happy to be here, Bill. Thank you, thank you. That's great. So tell me, when you were growing up, who's someone who influenced or inspired you? When I was growing up, I would say my teachers were massive influencers for sure. And I would say because one, I loved school. So I was really always paying attention and really watching what my teachers had to share. And a teacher who comes to mind immediately um, is my fourth grade teacher. And her name was Miss Rugg. And Miss Rugg really introduced me to her love of theater and drama. And as a result, we, as a class, put on the play, You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. It's actually a musical. And not only did that really influence my first career as a high school drama teacher, but it really just gave me a love of words and a love of working with others and really having that experience of collaboration to create something that was fantastic and fabulous and able to be shared with others. That's great. And you studied drama at New York NYU, is that right? I did. It was actually a special master's degree in education and theater. It was literally referred to as an educational theater master's. And what was the transition between that degree and starting your own business? I will say first that I was a high school teacher for eight years. And my first years, uh, I, was, I was always living in Manhattan from my time at NYU, but my first years teaching were actually out on Long Island. And uh, so I had quite a long commute. It was an hour and a half each way. And so I actually left that job teaching on Long Island, which was at the second highest paying school district in the entire state of New York. And I took a job teaching at an inner city high school that I was able to 
walk to from my Greenwich Village apartment at the time. I loved both of those jobs very, very much. And I loved my students deeply. And yet I just really got very frustrated and somewhat suffocated within the system. And also while I was at that second teaching job, 9-11 occurred. I don't think that I would have been able to say it at the time, but I can definitely look back in hindsight and say that that absolutely played a significant part in giving me the courage to make the change, if you will. I um, always had a passion about nutrition and overall wellness. So while I was at that second teaching job, I completed a certification in nutrition and wellness coaching, and that was my first business. You may or may not have heard, but the profession that leads to more entrepreneurship, um, successful entrepreneurs, in, I think I've read this in two studies now, is teaching. And teachers- I did not know that. I yeah. am so interested to hear more about this. What can you share? <laughs> It's it's just remarkable. I myself have also been a, a teacher at the high school, college, and graduate levels. It's just something where you hear people who are going into either entrepreneurship or also entertainment, surprisingly enough. Mick Jagger yes. was a former teacher. I didn't know if you know people may or may not have known that, uh, but you could go through and look at a lot of top performers and top entrepreneurs and wow. many times share a common a career history of having teaching somewhere along there. I so appreciate that. I did not know that about Mick Jagger, but Sting and John Hamm came to mind as I was listening to you. And what also came to mind is because this is something I've just clocked within the last year is my coach team. So I have members on my team who serve and support our clients and community members along with me. And we all share some form of teaching experience in our past. And I love that because I believe so deeply in the power of teaching right alongside coaching. And it wasn't even something I was looking for when I was building my coach team. But, you know, just I sense like attracts like and there's a synergy. And I just love that we're this team or this coach team of teachers. With the highly sensitive entrepreneur movement that you've founded, and the the programs that you've put together for mentoring highly sensitive entrepreneurs, I guess we should start with, tell me, what makes someone, how does someone recognize and identify with uh, being a highly sensitive entrepreneur? So first and foremost, I'll share just a little bit about how that movement started, because as I mentioned, my first business was as a nutrition and wellness coach, and I built that business up to full capacity in about nine months' time. But through that process, I was extremely terrified because, again, I came from the world of teaching, so I knew nothing about being self-employed. So I really turned to my spiritual practice of A Course in Miracles to support me in that massively terrifying, you know, first two to three years of being in business. And other practitioners at the time who were in the wellness field 
started asking me like what I was able, what I was doing to be able to be in business full time, because it's so interesting. This was like 15 years ago. You know, I've been self-employed for 15 years. And at that time, it wasn't as common as it is now for someone who maybe is a massage therapist or an acupuncturist or Reiki practitioner to have their business full time. So I started sharing. And that was really the first transition into supporting others in their business. And from there, I was able to bring my business across the million dollar mark for the first time at about five years in and really had a very, very difficult experience with that. I was very, very overwhelmed. I was overexhausted. I was absolutely overworked. And that entire experience threw me into a deep self-questioning. And I would even really say I can look back and, and, and definitely cite the experience as a dark night of the soul. And it was in that dark night of the soul that I discovered Dr. Elaine Aaron and her research and work. And she is the founding researcher in regards to what it means to be a highly sensitive person. And so when I discovered Dr. Aaron and I discovered that term highly sensitive because I had never heard it before that time, it didn't surprise me so much that I was highly sensitive, but what did surprise me was how highly sensitive I was. I was mm. off charts, highly sensitive. And just for listeners who maybe also haven't ever heard that term or that phrase before, according to Dr. Aaron and her research, a person who's highly sensitive is someone who is born into the world with a nervous system that is wired differently than someone who's not highly sensitive. And through that different wiring, basically what it means is you interpret stimulation at a much higher level, a much higher degree than someone who's not highly sensitive. So you are very sensitive to input of sight, of sound, of smell, of information. And so one of the aspects of being highly sensitive is that you can become overwhelmed quite easily. Being that I am a true believer in one of my primary foundational principles, which is that your ideal client is a version of you, when I learned that I was highly sensitive, I took one of Dr. Aaron's assessments and I brought it into a group of 25 women entrepreneurs to an in-person meeting that I was having with them and had them all take the assessment. And lo and behold, every single woman in that room was highly sensitive. But here's what did surprise me about that, which is that not one woman in that room wanted to be highly sensitive. They really saw it as a detriment, as a weakness, as a negative label. And that's when I realized, okay, something very important is happening here because we have these talented women, myself included, who are called to be self-employed. And if we're going to do it, and we're going to do it well, and we're going to really be able to create successful, you know, sustainable financial success, let's say, then we have to really learn how to embrace this and how to really use this to our benefit and our advantage rather than having it work against us. And that was really the start of what is now the highly sensitive entrepreneur movement. And since then, 
I have just really dedicated myself to my own immense levels of research and what it really takes and what it really means for those of us who are highly sensitive to be able to be successfully self-employed. And just the last note that I'll add in, which I find is very interesting, is what you mentioned about teachers, is that those of us who are highly sensitive, according to Dr. Aaron, she refers to us as the royal advisors, that we are here, we are brought here to this planet, if you will, to be able to create balance to those who are not highly sensitive, who she refers to as like more of like the warrior kings and queens. So for those of us who are highly sensitive, we tend towards careers in teaching, in therapy, in law, in, and now in this fabulous new century that we're living in, though tumultuous it might be, we tend to be absolutely excellent coaches, excellent healing practitioners, excellent creative entrepreneurs, and so as a result, again, it's so, so important that we learn how to really use it in our business. Heather, you mentioned that you felt overwhelmed when you started crossing the seven-figure mark. Was it the realization of, oh my gosh, I've just created a million-dollar business that you think was the biggest impasse for you? Or was it merely the work of all of that interaction that leads up to a very busy month of, of coaching and mentoring and all the activity involved in that? It was due to the way that I went about it. So I am now a very peaceful and productive um, seven-figure business owner, and I have a very, very different approach to my business, all aspects of my business, than I did at that time. What I didn't realize, which I've come to now, again, through my own research, I've identified is that... I was working with a coach at that time who was very much of what I refer to as the other 80% because Dr. Aaron has identified that there's 20% of us who are born into the world highly sensitive. Wow. So that coach, yes, that coach was very much the other 80%. And what that did is that kicked me into what I now refer to as my HSE coping mechanism. And there's yep. three HSE coping mechanisms I've identified, and I am absolutely a recovering pusher. So the way that I went about that, that, that first cross of the million dollar mark was from a pushing energy. I was pushing myself to be able to do what the other 80% can do. Mm -hmm. much more easily um, in a, that way. And I got it done, which is what a pusher will do, but it came at a very high cost, which is exactly what a pusher experiences. What are the other two coping mechanisms? How do you label those? Yes. So there's also the HSE coping mechanism of hiding. And then there's the HSE coping mechanism of what I refer to as combo plattering. <laughs> so the coping mechanisms are really about how those of us who are highly sensitive respond to anxiety. And anyone who's self-employed, you know that being self-employed is not a cakewalk, right? Mm. It absolutely brings with it uh, a lot of what I like to refer to as learning opportunities. But if you don't really have the mindset to approach the experience from 
a space of learning and from a space of opportunity, it can be a massive anxiety producer. So for those of us who tend towards the HSE coping mechanism of pushing, again, as I mentioned, we will get done what needs to get done, but it will come at a high cost, typically to our health and to our well-being. If you tend towards the HSE coping mechanism of hiding, you will do anything and everything except what is absolutely most needed to move the business forward. Meaning you probably have a gorgeous website, you probably have incredible programs that you've created, your marketing materials are gorgeous, and yet when it comes to really getting down to the nitty gritty of making those personal contacts, having those selling conversations, being with people in front of people, suddenly the laundry needs to be done, the cat needs to be fed, your neighbor's hamster needs to be taken care of, and anything and everything else that has you looking really, really busy and really, really helpful to other people, but not what's moving the business forward. And combo plattering is where you go back and forth between the two, pushing, hiding, pushing, hiding, pushing, hiding. And I like to say that is the HSE definition of insanity because it will literally drive you crazy. Sure, and I bet that many of us can relate to seeing people go through these coping mechanisms but may not have realized that's what it was helping each individual do through those behaviors. Since you've worked with so many people and helped them through your programs and mentorship, can you give me an example of someone who is leading a business and was a highly sensitive entrepreneur and may not have known it and how yeah. they came to you and maybe one or two insights that they gained? Immediately what comes to mind is a dentist from Texas, actually, who really has built a massively um, you know, successful practice um, with about 20 employees a very alternative approach to dental care. People fly in to be able to receive her specific type of support. And yet she heard me speak and upon hearing me speak, realized that she had been operating uh, the growth of this business under pushing, but really under that HSE coping mechanism of combo plattering. Mm -hmm. And part of what she realized is that because of that, she had all of these really innovative projects, about 80% complete. Right. And there never were really completing to that final 20%. And so as a result, she felt extremely scattered, never really felt like she had her, you know, full two feet on the ground, never really could understand why she couldn't necessarily get all of these amazingly innovative ideas completed. Her team also, as a result, felt very scattered. Um, were not working to their full potential. And in all honesty, what she also realized is that she had a lot of team members who were mismatched, who were, you know, not in the right position. And also, in addition to the coping mechanisms, I've identified 12 top, what I refer to as HSE shadows, and 12 top HSE strengths. And this particular high-level HSE was really operating under the HSE shadow of over-responsibility, 
And that was really showing up with those mismatched team members, where again, they were really not in the right position, but she was in a space of over-responsibility and compensating for work that the team member really needed to be doing on their own. And so then through our mentoring together, there was a complete team reconfiguration. She began to understand that she had to almost in a way re-educate her staff to understand why they are the type of dental practice that they are and why they do the particular dental work that they do. So then there was a beautiful unification that happened with the team. There was more energy that my client was able to experience. And lo and behold, those 80% projects, one by one, 100% were done. And what a liberating thing it is, not just for your your dentist in Texas, but for anyone to have projects that are hanging out there that takes up so much mental energy just to have them up there. And every time someone looks at it, it's like, ah, it just sucks a little bit of energy because you realize it's not done. It's not contributing to the business. It's not helping your clients and your students because it's not complete. So Heather, let me ask you, are, are you ready for the, my quest for the best Normally, I call it a lightning round, but what I want to call it here is a flash round for all of the highly sensitive entrepreneurs who might be Great. So, first question is, what is, are two of the key components of your routine for daily success? Two key components for my routine for daily success. The first is what I refer to as energy management. This is something that I teach uh, everyone who goes through my mentoring program, starting with our foundational principle training, six-month mentoring program. And energy management is about using specific tangible tools to literally set your energy for the start of the day and or before maybe any significant business action so that you're literally able to proactively manage your highly sensitive traits versus when a highly sensitive entrepreneur doesn't know how to do that. They've become accustomed to having energy just impact them and reacting. So energy management, I do every single morning. It is the start of my day, and I also do it before any type of interview, like the experience that you and I are having right now. So that is absolutely a key component. Key component number two is physical exercise. So it is very, very important for me to be out and about and walking and moving throughout my day. It helps to keep my energy flowing. It helps to keep me grounded and not so easily get lost in, you know, any type of resurgence of the HSE coping mechanism that might try to find its way in. I personally live in Manhattan, so I can walk out my door and I can walk anywhere, which is part of what I love about living where I do. And I know that everyone who reaches the level of success that you have has received lots of advice and great um, support from others. When I ask this next question, just share with me whatever comes to the top of mind. Great. What's the best advice you've ever received? The best advice I've ever received is to be willing to be myself. 
Who shared that with you? A spiritual teacher and mentor who I have been working with for over 20 years. Um, she is absolutely one of my trusted advisors and has really played a significant part in helping me to not only claim my highly sensitive traits um, as real assets and, and skill, but she has really supported me in claiming all parts of myself because one of the things that we really struggle with as people who are highly sensitive and especially as entrepreneurs is that our highly sensitive traits do make us different. And what often again kicks in those coping mechanisms creates the anxiety is a real attempt to not be seen as different. And now I live my life and I, I operate my business from the exact opposite. A question I ask myself every day is how differently can I do it? Hey, you're embracing your difference. Yes. So this is who I am. Look out world. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. There needs to be more of us. So I've also wondered, listening to you describe this, what's your view on can entrepreneurship be seen or used as a spiritual practice? Just in your, your thoughts on that briefly, um, because I know that could be a, you know, a whole episode in and of itself, but could you see entrepreneurship as a spiritual practice? For sure. I would say 100%. Unfortunately, it hasn't necessarily been the case for a lot of businesses up until now, but we're in a new century, new time, and it is absolutely something that I see that's being called forward on our planet. I actually just recently listened to an awesome interview with Daniel Pink, and his research really cites that there is a movement that is happening in regards to the, the arena of business, and it is moving more towards those of us who tend to be, in his words, left brain. And I would say highly sensitive falls in, in that category. And in that interview, he actually said that there absolutely is a place for spiritual practice within business. And, you know, I was listening to the, the interview, the podcast, and doing my own little standing ovation at, at that time, because I really see that that is a significant piece of what can contribute to the healing of our planet that is so, so desperately needed. So again, spirit hasn't been part of business, but it is absolutely needed to be part of business going forward from here on out. When you think of it being part of, your, of, of a business and a business being used as a spiritual practice, what would be one thing you would look for in order to recognize that it was being used in that way? Maybe in your own business, maybe in one of your, your client or students' businesses, what would be one thing that would be easily observed to see if someone had that orientation? Compassion and service. Fabulous. So one of the foundational principle teachings that I share is shifting from selling to serving. So they do not need to be separate and being of high service and, and serving in the highest capacity possible is absolutely a forefront of the mission for myself and my team as a part of A Course in Business Miracles. 
And that does not mean that then you are not compensated for the service that you provide, but it does mean that you are taking into account in every single aspect of the business that it is about serving the lives of other people and having compassion for those people that your business is here to reach and to touch. I love that. Heather, I just want to thank you so much for sharing with us on My Quest for the Best. You brought out some great ideas about how teachers can be very successful entrepreneurs and how highly sensitive entrepreneurs, and I think it's really highly sensitive people who choose to be entrepreneurs, can succeed yeah. once we recognize the type of coping mechanisms that need to be addressed, like you pointed out, the pusher, the hiding mechanism, or the combo platter where you vacillate back, back and forth. You, you talked about some terrific examples like the dentist in Texas who was able to turn things around once she recognized um, the coping mechanism was able to share that with her staff and realign people to really make it an effective organization. And the idea of selling to service and making that transition can be something not only that makes your business more successful, but that helps everyone who's working in your business understand how you're fulfilling that mission. So for these reasons, I just want to thank you so much for being with me on my quest for the best today. Thank you so much. I enjoyed this conversation thoroughly. Heather, where can, I know that you also have a quiz for people who are interested in being highly successful. Where can people find out about that? Yes. If you've been listening and you have an inkling that you might be a highly sensitive entrepreneur, I invite you to go to hsequiz.com, hsequiz.com, and what you'll find there is an assessment, and as a result of taking that assessment, you will find out if you are somewhat super, or like me, super uber, HSE. <laughs> <laughs> and based on where you fall in your quiz, you will receive a free success guide at the end of that assessment. And that success guide will give you the first steps to starting to work with, learning how to work with your somewhat super or super uber HSE self. Terrific. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hi, this is Bill. Before you go, I just want to ask you a quick favor. If you've enjoyed this interview on My Quest for the Best, I'd love it if you'd go to iTunes, look up My Quest for the Best, and subscribe. I want to make sure you don't miss the very next episode we have coming up. We've got a lineup of terrific guests, and I know that if you enjoyed this one, you'll like what you find coming up soon. Also, feel free to give it a comment, a like, because we work hard to put these interviews together, and I appreciate making sure that we're reaching you and serving you in the, the best way possible. I look forward to reading your comments and catch you on the next interview. Thanks so much.